What's up, everybody? I'm Andrew Hawkins. And I'm Joe Thomas, and this is the minicast of the Tom and Hawk Football Show. Congratulations. We're no longer on vacation. That's a good thing, because we have a ton of football news to get to. Let's go. All right, Joe. First up, the blockbuster news that everybody is talking about. Deshaun Watson, the former Houston Texans quarterback, has been traded to our Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns gave up three first-round picks plus an additional two picks for the controversial quarterback who is facing 22 sexual misconduct allegations. Along with that trade came a new contract to the tune of five years, $230 million fully guaranteed with only a fraction of that contract being tied to the first year where he will likely, we suspect, face a suspension from the NFL tied to those sexual misconduct allegations. Joe, tell me when you heard this news, as we'll dive in later in our Thursday episode, what was your first reaction? My first thoughts and reaction was, wow, I cannot believe that this happened. Because if you remember last week when Deshaun Watson's criminal uh, grand jury investigation was sort of pushed to the side and they said they weren't at this time going to bring criminal charges that kind of paved the way for these NFL teams to pursue a trade. And because Deshaun Watson had a no trade clause, they had to pursue and recruit Deshaun Watson. So there was at least four teams. The Texans say there was more that were really interested in landing Deshaun Watson and the Browns were the first team that was eliminated, right? Which was kind of weird. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the next day, boom, they do a 180. Deshaun Watson's camp says, no, we want to be with the Cleveland Browns. I choose you. And it was sort of at that moment where it became real. And all of a sudden, you as a fan, because you and I are both Cleveland Browns fans, we're we're diehards, we had to come to the realization that Deshaun Watson was our quarterback. And there's sort of two lanes of traffic that I I immediately looked at this, right? One lane is the quarterback side of things. And Deshaun Watson Mm -hmm. is a bona fide tier one upper echelon franchise quarterback. Of the franchise quarterbacks that were potentially available this offseason, including maybe Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson goes from Seattle to Denver, uh, and Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is in that tier as far as quality of play, and he's much mm-hmm. younger. So he has the potential to yep. be there much longer. So when you're looking at purely quarterbacks that could possibly be on your team this offseason, he was easily the best option. So from a football standpoint, as a Browns fan, You can't be more excited. Dude, I blocked for more than 20 quarterbacks in the NFL. Deshaun Watson, far and away the best quarterback that the Browns potentially have ever seen, maybe since Otto Graham. Uh, And it's really difficult to sort of compare generations, right? Deshaun Watson, Otto Graham, a little bit different. I take Deshaun Watson over Otto Graham. as far as performance on the field goes, Deshaun Watson is clearly the best thing the Browns have ever seen in the modern era at quarterback in the Super Bowl era. With that being said, there's obviously – some mixed emotions and from a humanity side of things, 22 allegations against a person that are being handled right now, civilly um, make you feel very uneasy, right? Let's just say it exactly how it is. Uh, Sexual misconduct allegations against the quarterback of my team makes me feel uncomfortable. And now there's a lot of information that's yet to come out. There's a lot of depositions. There's the civil side of things that, uh, still have to come to light. The NFL investigation hasn't really come to light as far as what they're going to do as far as a suspension goes. Um, So I think there's a lot that remains to be learned in this case. And I feel like as a fan, although I do have mixed emotions about everything that's gone on, 
I feel like we don't have enough information right now to be able to truly sort of make a decision on how we feel or really put our neck out in on one side or the other. And I, I feel like that's how a lot of fans are feeling. I don't know what you, Hawk. Yeah, I, th I think everything you said about him as a player is spot on. And I think everybody knows that because why would he be available, right? So that's like for all of us. And like you said, we are Browns fans. We root for the Cleveland Browns. And there is such a mixed bag here, you know, because I, you know, I got to like really separate the two or try to separate the two. And I haven't probably given myself enough time to really formulate exactly how I want to word these things. But I should say, A, it doesn't surprise me that that stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't surprise me that there was, you know, reports of at least 10 teams who were interested in Deshaun Watson because we know we played in the NFL. Tolerance is dictated by talent and when it comes to talent Deshaun Watson is in a league of its own um which then matches the tolerance but there's 22 allegations against him it would be bad if he had one allegation against him and we could we would still probably be having the same discussion 22 is like a completely different category it is wild and it's like yeah you want to separate the football from that kind of stuff but you really can't because there's no other reason why someone who is as talented as he is and as talented as we're talking about is available not only to the league, but to the Cleveland Browns. Like there's only one reason for that. And so they really are connected. And I think, like you said, as time goes on and, you know, we can dive really, really deep. But in this mini cast version, I'm like you. I'm like, you know what? I can't say that I'm super happy about, to be honest. That is that's not the general feel that I have. I think one thing that's sort of tearing at my emotions, and I'm sure you're feeling the same way, is that Deshaun Watson, before these sexual misconduct allegations came out, had a sterling reputation. If you know the story about where he came from mm -hmm. and how he's treated his teammates, how he's been in these locker rooms, the type of leader he is, the type of man he was before these allegations came out, he had about as spotless of a reputation as you could possibly have as an NFL player. He was absolutely loved by all of his teammates at Clemson, mm -hmm. by everybody in Houston, not only the fans, but the players in that locker room. And so I think it was so startling when these allegations did come out because it was so different than the person that we had come to know and we'd come to love, especially those people that knew him the closest. And maybe I think that's why part of me as a fan is saying, I wanna take a little bit more of a wait and see approach. Obviously, it's difficult to wrap your mind around 22 accusations versus saying, well, if there was only one, I might be thinking about it differently, but I still feel like I want to get more information. And I also take the understanding that the NFL is not full of all choir boys. Let's, let's not pretend no. that this country, this world, this league that we all cheer for is full of people that are all great role models because it's not. Because mm -hmm. many of our heroes in sports, not only in the NFL, but the NBA, Major League Baseball, have some black marks on their record. And it had taken time. It had taken punishment. But many of them were able to get back into the good graces with their team, with their league, and with their fan base because of what they did after the issues that arose, whether they be criminal or civil. After those issues were taken care of, and after the punishment was served, mm -hmm. largely the fan bases were able to forgive them. And I think on most of those occasions, those players, those high profile players that dealt with 
criminal or civil issues were better people when they came out of it. And because of the performance, like you talked about, performance breeds tolerance because of their great performance. We as NFL fans, whether we like it or not, we cheer for the player that's on the field because of how it makes us feel. And I think us as Browns fans, when we look down the line, once everything is behind us, whether there be a suspension, whether these um, accusations are proven true or proven not true or somewhere in between, there's going to be a time when a lot of us are going to be doing our best to try to forget about this period in time, this period in his career. And I think that's the part that makes it the toughest. And and as, as we'll move to the next part of this, but there, there, there's never going to be a true or not true, right? Because we're not there. It's, it's, it's him and the, the other party, right? And, and similar to there not being criminal charges, that doesn't mean that nothing happened, you know? And yes, there's a chance that there, nothing could have happened in all 22 cases. Um, a lot less likely, you know? But even, even how this shakes out, even from a civil suit perspective, and it's each case. That's the other part of it. It's like there's each individual case. This isn't one like each one has their own situation and we'll never really know what's true or not true. And I think that in and of itself is where the conundrum lies. My question for us, what would our feel be if these headlines were done by our rival? Right. Mm. For NFL yep. fans, do it that way. If the Pittsburgh Steelers yep. made this signing, what would we what would our feel be then? What would our opinion be then? So that's our homework. There's 31 other NFL teams right now, and all those fan bases are saying, oh, we would never cheer for that guy if he was our quarterback. But that's just lying to yourself. Because if you look with your own roster, Pittsburgh Steelers, perfect example, your quarterback had maybe not exactly the same situation, but similar circumstances earlier in their career. And us as Browns fans, we killed him for it. Steelers fans forgave him for it. Now the roles are reversed. And good, bad, indifferent, as a sports fan, when it all boils down to it, the hierarchy revolves around what do you do for my team? Once we have entrusted our fandom in the the legal process and the proceedings within the criminal justice system, the civil uh, justice system, and then the NFL's own justice system, we have given enough trust into those systems that once that player goes through those processes and is given a certain amount of punishment, we're as fans after some time, typically able to forgive that person. All right, but the other side of that, Baker Mayfield, Joe. He's no longer the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. I can't help but feel like Baker Mayfield helped make this bad, not just over the last three or four years, over the week. You know, we had an old coach that is similar theme to what we've talked about in this show, but he would always say, our team playing leaves at noon. If you want to see what regard the team holds you in, show up at 12.01. And if we're still there, you know where you stand. If we're not, you know where you stand. And I feel like I can't help but in this situation, Baker Mayfield overplayed his hand a little bit and didn't quite understand the leverage he did or didn't have in the sense that he kind of sparked this resurgence of the Browns being willing to do whatever it takes and take all the rightful heat that we're going to take as an organization just to get out of the Baker Mayfield business. What is your thoughts, Joe? Just like you were talking about earlier, the old saying in the NFL, production breeds tolerance. Baker had started to get a reputation and it started to come out a little bit about being prickly. There was things that he had said, you know, throughout the course of his career, things that he'd done that the franchise, the organization didn't love, the people in the locker room didn't love it. But when you're making the plays consistently on the field, 
those are the reasons that people love you, right? That, mm-hmm. And when Baker was at Oklahoma, the reasons that uh, the fans in Oklahoma loved him because they were winning a lot of games. He was winning the Heisman. He was one of the best players to ever go through that uh, college team. And you love him for how he's a little bit more edgy. He's off the cuff. He's a little cocky. He's a little bit arrogant. He does things that maybe you don't normally see from a quarterback, from a leader. And it's kind of what you love about him, right? But when the performance is not there consistently, which Baker's career, he's had some great moments. He's had some not so great moments. He's been up and down. He's had times when we were like, yes, he's the franchise guy. He's had times when we said, no, we can't win a Super Bowl with this guy. And when you're not sterling and have a reputation that's sparkling and you do and say all of the right things, when your performance slips a little bit, all of a sudden the team's not willing to put up with it. And those same reasons that the fans would love you are now the same reasons that some of the fans and uh, some of the people in the organization don't like you. And one of the reports that came out over the weekend during this whole Deshaun Watson situation was a report from Chris Mortensen that said the Browns want an adult at the quarterback position. And certainly there's been a lot of reports about Baker Mayfield maybe not having the maturity that the Browns brass right now would want in that quarterback leadership role. They He maybe didn't always say and do the right things. He had in the past thrown the trainers under the bus. He'd thrown the co- coaches under the bus, the play callers, you know, some of maybe the people on the, in that offense under the bus didn't always maybe take the accountability that he should. Um, and like he said, when you make the plays consistently and you're leading that team, like the, and you're calling out guys, like a lot of that gets applauded. But when the performance isn't always there, then those a lot of times are the reasons that get pointed to when the team decides to go in a different direction. And I think a little bit of this came down to maybe a difference of personalities. I don't know if John Dorsey was still here, if the Browns want to get rid of Baker Mayfield. Obviously, he drafted him. But also, Dorsey is personality-wise – a little bit more cocky, a little bit more arrogant. He played in the NFL. He was known to be a guy that would come down in the locker room and bust balls with the guys. And the brass right now in Cleveland is much more uh, analytical. They're much less emotional. They're much less sensitive. They're much more critical as far as robotic-like with their decision-making. And that's not Baker Mayfield's personality. And I think when the performance maybe was up and down, they were looking and saying, we need a guy in this role who's a little bit more like a Russell Wilson, who always does and says the right things at every single moment. And maybe some of those little things that make Baker Mayfield who he was were things that got under their skin a little bit. I think to break it down very simply, he didn't play well enough for the personality. If he would have stayed at his peak and when he was playing his best, if he played that way the whole way through, everything would be great. People would love him. There would be no conversation. But it's like, hey, when I was trying to, you know, get with my wife, I didn't have a lot of money, you know, so I was very thoughtful on our dates. I would do little cute stuff. I would go plan picnics, mm. right? And I was very mm. funny because I also wasn't very good looking, right? And so I had to be both mm. nice, um, funny, and be very thoughtful mm. because I wasn't very good looking mm. and I didn't have any money, Joe. And that was me understanding my situation. And unfortunately for Baker, uh, he didn't play well enough for a lot of the bravado in the off-field, you know, riffs and, you know, my way or the highway style um, reports of his his personality. And it's a good lesson for him. It's a good lesson for all of us. I think he does go somewhere. And my goal and hope is that 
he is a successful starting quarterback somewhere else. Sometimes a breakup is just necessary. All right, well, that does it for this mini-cast version of the Tom and Hawk Football Show. Like I said, make sure you tune in on Thursday for our longer-form episode where we will take a deep dive into all the topics we talked about today and even more around the NFL offseason. We will see you then on Amazon Music or wherever you get your shows. Joe, take us out. Make sure you Joe Hawk yourself until we talk to you on Thursday.